Five o'clock on the Blitz. Work is over. It's time to let that bird fly. Free that bird, boys. Happy Monday, everyone, along with the 2023 Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin, and Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. I am Colby Daniels, and we say hello to John Holcomb on a Monday. John, hope you had a great weekend. How are you, my friend? Boy, this is a beautiful Monday. Great uh, great day to get another shot in the eyeball. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Is that why your right eye might be... Uh... A, a little a, shade a, of a different color? Yeah, just a you tad. You got a shot in the eye? Yeah. Like a needle I, did I into not tell your you eyeball? No. Yes. No. Well, probably because um, it's okay. I'm all right. Um, <laughs> talking to my daughter who, by the way, <laughs> if Wreck-It Ralph's on, like a, a bomb could go off outside of course, and she wouldn't even notice. Of course, but she kind of glanced to see, because just heard me talking. <laughs> yes. I'm sure she didn't see her what I said. I didn't, I, listen, I didn't really made this public. I've told some people, but... Um, there's just a little something weird going on in my right eye. I've never had any eye trouble before, and I noticed it over Christmas. And then uh, did the bowl game, came back, and I started doing the, okay, is there really something there? Just kind of like a little spot or something. And, and so I kind of close one eye and, and look and then close the other. And I'm like, yeah, there's something there. So I went to my optometrist, Dr. Ward, on uh, January 2nd. He said it. It thought he thought it might be something that he sees normally in Type A males who are really chilled out, but they let <laughs> stress build up. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I I like to think I'm fairly easygoing, so I'm like, okay, I could buy that. He goes, but I want you to see the ophthalmologist, so Doctor Serino. So I go see him. Uh, maybe the first week, second week of January, I can't remember now, uh, but about five six weeks ago, and terrific man. Uh, great conversationalist, too. <laughs> I didn't mean to go right back to what Dion said. Interesting conversationalist from way back. <laughs> but, uh, no, I... Do you guys have any graphic design conversations? No, but he's he's a very curious man in terms of wanting to learn more about almost anything. So, so anyway, we're, he's talking through, and he says, well, look, it's not macular degeneration. Am I going all anti-HIPAA here? Because I don't need to, but it's my own info. It's your so, own, yeah. so you can do whatever. This so, isn't a Schefter versus JPP thing or anything. <laughs> no, so. no. So I, uh, he said it's not macular degeneration, so that's great. And he said there are several different ways we can treat this. And, and the one that I've had the most success with, we'll just start with that. And I didn't say, what is that, a shot in the eye? But that's what I got. Ah, how does that treat what you have going on? My gosh, <laughs> it makes you forget about the spot. How, how, never mind that. How does how does a shot to the eye feel? That that sounds well, like they uh, clearly put those numbing drops. They do. Unbelievable punishment. Yeah, they do. They do. And then, dude, I'm telling you because I I told you guys last week I've I've had the the LASIK procedure. Mm-hmm. Like it's a you don't feel nothing. I, at least in my experience with the laser and them cutting the little piece of my eye off and I'm awake watching this happen, I'm like, I don't even feel that. This is crazy. Well, this is a little different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm obviously here to talk about it, so it did, like, put me down for the count. Yes. But uh, he said, so, so you know, they, they keep those little things in the your eyelid, bottom and top, to keep your eye open. Because yeah. there ain't no, no, no way. No, no. Uh-uh. And then he just said, look up. And he said, this is going to pinch for about four or five seconds. 
and it pinched, and there was like pressure. But if you've never felt anything like that before, you kind of it's like, oh, it's it's even worse. Oh my gosh, the world is ending. So it pinched, and I felt the pressure, and I kind of mm, like that. And he goes, "You're okay." I said, "All right." So he gets it out, and then he rinses everything out, disinfects, and all this, and and uh, and then it stings for a little while, and then you eventually are fine with it. And so the uh, he said, "Okay, I'll see you in about five or six weeks." And we do it all over again. So could if there was a big Monday game tonight, could you call it? Would you be fine? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, that. That's the good thing. And the the before he gave me the second one today, I mean, I only had one today. So I had one in January. I've got one today. I go back and see him in April, and probably gonna have another one. But there was a blood vessel that was pushing up on the bottom part of the eye wall or whatever, and and it it had it was leaking just a little bit. So that's what was causing this. And I could still see that kind of spot. It's not right in the middle of my eye, but it's it distorts like the bottom right of whatever I'm looking at. So it's it's odd. But I uh, I got got through it and he showed me today. He goes, Well, that first shot did wonders. There's no more leaking. The swelling's starting to go down. You know, we'll do this again. You should be just fine when we get through the treatments. I didn't even ask him how many treatments are there. And I, I got through the shot today better than the first one because I knew what to expect. But there, yeah, he says, look up, and he, he, doesn't, he doesn't put the needle right to where you're going to, hey, here it is, it's about to go in your eye. And he, you know, shoots it up. And you're, Isn't done. it funny when you get to a point you realize, oh, I'm just not asking the right questions. <laughs> like, all of us at that one point in time have that moment that dawns on us, like, oh, I just yeah. didn't ask the right ones. Well, this might have been a strategic uh, non-ask for me. Uh, because you know, I'm like, don't want to know. I don't want to hear that this is going to be something that we're going to do monthly for the next for the rest of my life. Mm. But uh, yeah, it, it just it stings a little bit, but there drops, and you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I can see you, and I can see you like this. Oh, I didn't Although, even notice yeah. until you said something. I'm like, yeah, I can see you just a little. Yeah, just I, a little I can bit. see you like this, okay. but the microphone is all wonky looking. <laughs> okay. Well, I've heard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a schmuck and a pancake? <laughs> oh. uh, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry. That was uh, very cornea. Ah, oh, yes. No. I risk no. you hadn't done that. Oh gosh. <laughs> John, we haven't had some of these in a while, and, and I feel like Pop is missing out. Yeah, well, you know, based based on the look on Pop's face, oh, no. he hasn't missed it. Oh no, I wouldn't say I've missed it. <laughs> well, as long as you guys don't have a cornea copia of more jokes, then ah we'll <laughs> yes, we're just laser focused on this, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Oh well, Saturday was was uh, much needed, and I think timely in terms of a lot of the responses to. Mike Boynton's comments last week, right? You want more money? You need to start winning games. Well, in in that moment, uh, to produce a win like that, I thought uh, was was very timely in in such a big moment. Some might say eye opening. Well, I was about to say he got it by an eyelash. <laughs> How ironic! I'm done. I'm done. I promise. Can't do any more of these. Oh, let's just put a lid on it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, th- listen, they played really well. That was the best 40 minutes that uh, the Cowboys have put together this season. You know, they've had stretches where they've looked pretty good, but uh, for a full 40 minutes, they they were they were really good. And and it you know, listen, it it's 
was sparked by a freshman, Jamiron Keller. Very interesting young man. Uh, you know, his, his toughness is what has brought him to this point, but he's got talent to go along with the toughness, and he's got that college-ready body, and he doesn't mind going and finishing at the rim through contact. That was a couple of the things that we were looking for was – would the Cowboys against BYU, who is pretty good three-point defense while shooting threes well themselves, and they have to play a little bit different because overall they've got good players, but the level of athleticism one through five that they put on the floor at any one time does not match up with most teams in the Big 12. So it's a credit to them that they've been able to get games going the way that helps make them the most successful and to be able to do most most out of it. And, you know, I had, we were talking with Brendan Manzer, who was on the TV call, and he was sharing some things that, that Mark Pope, the coach at BYU, had shared when he said, Pope said, I've got a really smart team. They, defensively, scouting reports, they are really good at that. But what they've noticed is when the game gets down to you got to go make a play, there are more teams in this league that can – put it in a guy's hands and say, go get us a basket. And that's where BYU's had problems uh, defensively because they don't really have a rim protector. But I'm getting deep into the weeds on the BYU side. But it was Keller, you know, and, and we were watching to see, could the Cowboys stick with what they were doing in Norman in terms of not settling for tough jump shots over the top, but getting all the way to the basket, even if you got your shot blocked. And not just get there, but finish through contact and they did a great job of that keller did and he wasn't the only one um you know keon williams did as well but keller was a revelation and he got the start mainly because connor dow was one of the cowboys who'd really suffered with the flu that's a point i was going to bring up is because i sit back and watch that game and knowing that they didn't have the midweek game and then also reading the the stories about how sickly that virtually like the majority of people were, like I was kind of stunned by the way that they came out and looked as energized as what they did. And even when things got a little bit questionable, Oklahoma State found a way to shut down a run even at the end, which they've struggled with at times. And then you find out that they were sick. What I, I can't even imagine what that would have been like if they had a midweek game with the flu that, that went through the team like that, then to try to turn around and play on a Saturday. So more proof that the timing of the midweek bye came at an absolutely perfect time because even through the flu, I thought that was as energetic as they've looked since the beginning of the year. It was. And, you know, you never uh... – you never want to have to deal with a, a flu bug through the team, but that that was it. That was the right time. And, you know, I think, too, while they wouldn't go into great detail about it afterward, I do think that Coach Boynton coming out, and you can feel what you want to feel about his comments regarding NIL and then how it might have been perceived, it certainly didn't impact his players in a negative way. In fact, I think they, they decided – uh, whether they had deep discussions about it, didn't hear that they did, but everybody knew what was said. And then, and maybe there's a, a, a sense of let's go prove that, you know, we're better than, than we are. And, and, you know, John Michael Wright deserves a lot of credit for attacking, if you want to call it his rehab from the flu, attacking it in a very mature way. And trainer Kevin Blaschke told me at halftime because I, I said, how is he? How is he holding up? I was waiting for Mike uh, to come out so we could uh, – do a quick halftime interview. And Blaschke said, you know, I tell him you got to stay hydrated. You got to eat even when you don't feel like eating once you can, you know, keep food down or whatever. And he did that. 
he said he'll do what I tell him to do. He's mature. You know, a lot of these guys have to learn that. But he gave himself, that is John Michael Wright, the best chance to be as successful as he could be for as long as he could be because he took care of his body and he took care of he got a little, got enough rest. And, you know, as good as Keller was, John Michael Wright came out and, and I said to Coach Barry Henson, who sits with us, and we said this off the air, I said, I don't want to go all Jordan flu game here, but we see it all the time. Guys who aren't 100% just kind of go out there and go, okay, whatever. And sometimes that okay, whatever works, and it worked for him for a long time. Sometimes the mental reset can be more powerful than the physical reset as well, right? I mean, if you're coming off the flu, not having a game and being able to mentally charge the batteries can potentially push you further than than if you, you know, physically were 100%. Yes, there's no question about that. You know, one thing, though, that you did get, I mean, you made a lot of shots, 50% from three, you held BYU. I mean, it was exact opposite of what a lot of people probably thought could happen coming in. They would have thought that BYU would make 11 threes and shoot it really well and the Cowboys would struggle because that's, you know, past experience would, would tell you that. But the Cowboys flipped it and used their athleticism to their great advantage, uh, rebounded it well enough, gave up too many offensive rebounds to BYU, but they still hung in there in, in, the, in the totals rebounding. Um, but your freshmen produced – Garrison has 21, Keller has 22 and doesn't miss a shot. Daly gave you some good minutes, even though he didn't score a lot. <laughs> that's, the, that's the nature of this team. When the freshmen play well and they give you good production, then OSU becomes a very difficult team to deal with outside of a matchup against Kansas, who's so efficient offensively, or you know having to deal with Houston's relentless physicality. But, I mean, you look back now and – the last six games, you should start the league 0 and 6. You're 3 and 3 in your last six. And two of those were losses by four points or less, where it wasn't decided until the last 30 seconds. Now you can go back and say, golly, they should be 5 and 1. Yeah, maybe. And if they're 5 and 1, you look at their record 5 and 7, and then things look a lot different. It helps if I turn the mic on, dummy. <laughs> um, momentum potentially off of a win like this over a ranked opponent heading into Cincinnati on Wednesday. By the way, stay away from Skyline. Um, <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> yes, don't, don't, don't even try it. Don't even try it. Um, what can something like this potentially do to close out the season, at least on a or the regular season, on, on a high note? Um, this will be the first time going there and playing, right? And Cincinnati is one of those teams that – I think they play a little bit smaller than than virtually everyone else. What matchup-wise does this kind of help potentially play in favor of Oklahoma State? Again, it depends on which version of the freshman you have on the road, to me. Because you you know what you're going to have with Javon Small. Uh, you know pretty much what you're going to have with John Michael Wright. Keon Williams, you you know what you have there. Um, it is. Do you get the productive, stay out of foul trouble freshmen, especially Garrison and Daly? Um, can Keller even come close to backing up his production level? You can't ask him to you know, for twenty-two more points on eight <laughs> yeah. of eight. Hey, go do it again. Yeah, but but you know he comes in with confidence. But the 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 nature of relying on freshmen in those certain positions is just strap yourself in. It's a roller coaster. 
So you hope you get yeah. them to be able to kind of stabilize things. I think Garrison has an opportunity to have big numbers against Cincinnati. But, you know, and, and, and I do think this, that you come out of beating a ranked team with your best effort of the season, and you know while you can't check off some of the big boxes that you have yet, you've got a lot of work to do before you can even come close to talking about that. One of those boxes that you you need to check off is right in front of you, and that's a true road win. Yeah. But in terms of carrying momentum, I mean, Mike Boynton's been consistent about this because he was asked this question in postgame. Can it carry over? And he says it's basically the equivalent of the baseball analogy. Momentum is the next day starting pitcher. That, and so you, he doesn't see that you carry a lot other than guys know they can make shots. But maybe there is something to being able to say we can play – I don't know, free, maybe loose. Yeah. This is an incredibly important game for Cincinnati because you, you look at all the, the metrics of where they're at right now. They're either uh, first four out or, or next four out in that grouping, and this is a team that probably as much as anyone needs to finish 500 in league. So all the pressure's kind of on them Wednesday. And it'll be interesting to see if they play tight. You know, I remember I think I told you that uh, Dave Hunziker – Bedlam noticed, and he said it on on the broadcast. It looked like Oklahoma was playing tight because they had so much to lose, you know, from that being so favored and and knowing they needed to stabilize their situation. I I think there's a chance for that, and I think Cincinnati is capable of mauling you, so to speak, to make it ugly and but then just kind of beat you up, but only if you let them. I wouldn't say the same thing about Houston. I think Houston can come out and maul you, and you can try to match it, and you might not be able to come close. Good luck. Yeah, but Cincinnati has uh, some issues without just you know beating them into the ground. They have issues turning the ball over. Mm. So if you can take care of the ball and they have their problems, then you steal a few more possessions. If you steal a few more possessions, then maybe you get some good shots, and then maybe you build some more confidence that way. But But it all starts with your defensive effort and your willingness – to be the tougher team. It's very simple to me. Just shoot the ball like it's an NBA All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. Don't play defense like it's an NBA All-Star game, though. You'll never you, you'll never have a chance. 211 points. Still, they, Even to say that out loud is I still chuckle. Scott, you brought it up in every two-minute drill today, and I, I <laughs> laugh every time when you read the final score. That's just ridiculous. You know what that – you know what 211 was? It was – a month and a half worth of Thursdays in the media pickup games at the Reynolds Center before they kicked us out. <laughs> the total points scored. A month and a half. Yes. <laughs> we need to fire those back up at some point for sure. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Just to see see how it goes. Uh, yeah, I, I I still I think that that was probably a a significant step in the right direction as far as calming the waters even after comments on Thursday. And where and I you know me, you know my take on it which was I think he was speaking his truth and I think the players who lived that knew that he was speaking the truth as well. So just uh calming calming the waters there. Well, and Brandon Garrison coming out and dealing with the question and then saying um you know, we we want to be here. We think we can do big things and we want to do it here. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt at all. John, we got to run, buddy. Uh, we'll check in with you tomorrow uh, around your travel schedule there up to the great land in the – you know what? I'm gonna, I was going to say something about Cincinnati, but I'll be nice. You know what? Just enjoy your trip to Cincinnati. 
Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you may see Cincinnati through a different lens than I do. <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Dusty Dvorak will join us next year on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.